This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. We've based this out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. When Paul writes and he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And so we've discussed each one of these characteristics, and I told you early on that these are, uh, maybe it could be debatable, but I believe wholeheartedly that these are not one uh, or multiple fruits of the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what our life produces as one. If you looked at it and you just saw the, the work of our life, it would be one fruit. And I told you that each one of these things, each one of these, these characteristics that Paul lists, rather than being a specific individual fruit that you could have one without the other, it's not like that, but we have one fruit and that our fruit of our life looks like each one of these characteristics or these traits that he describes. And we've gone through each one of them up to the point in order, up to the point of gentleness. And so today we're going to look at the thought and the idea of gentleness. Gentleness is, uh, is not to be confused with a weakness. The meaning of gentleness is, is truly meekness. But if we're not careful, we confuse meekness with weakness. Well, one person said that, The weak person doesn't have to learn gentleness, but yet it's the strong person that has to learn gentleness. So that in itself negates the idea that meekness and gentleness is weakness. Gentleness is learning how to harness the truth, learning how to harness the the delivery of the strength of who we are and what we're supposed to be communicating in the Word of God. There's power in gentleness. So it's just the opposite of weakness, but it's power. Proverbs 25, 15 says, By long forbearance a ruler is persuaded, and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. Well, we know you can watch an MMA fight on TV, and you can see those guys throw some pretty intense blows. You can watch some boxing, and you can see some intense Violence, you see strength, you see straightforward uh, confrontation, and you know that that's a bone breaker, right? If I walk up and punch you in the nose, chances are it's going to break your nose. And Proverbs teaches us that gentleness, he says, gentle words 
can break a bone. So that tells me right off the bat of this conversation going into it that there's power in gentleness and there is as much power in my gentleness and the way that I could deliver truth out of my mouth, that I could deliver what God would have me to say, that I could deliver conversation between brothers, whatever it may be. There's as much power In my gentleness or my, my countenance, there's as much power in my gentle spirit as there is as if I walked out and started throwing punches. Proverbs 15.1 says, 
that a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. There's power in gentleness. I want to give you three characteristics, three quick things this morning about gentleness. First of all, gentleness is not a personal character trait. Rather, it's a commanded act of a Christian. Now, sure, we have people that are quiet, people that are gentle, people that, that they don't get excited a whole lot, and they don't speak harshly. I typically am one of those people. It takes a lot for me to really get riled up. It takes a lot for me to, to act out. I can go to a ball game, and it can be this intense moment that's this life-changing moment, and I can sit right there and eat my popcorn and be happy. I, I'm, I'm just not one that I will get up and jump up and down. I'm not one that I'll get all excited. So the only one that I typically will get passionate and excited about is Jesus. I'm, just, I'm typically a gentle person. But the gentleness that Paul is describing as this fruit that be, should be produced in our life, that what our life should look like is a whole lot more than just a, a gentle or a soft-spoken word. It's more than just a character trait. And he says in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's my favorite passage of Scripture. That's my, my mission statement, I guess, from my life. I adopted it years ago when the Lord put a calling on me and he, he called me to minister in whatever capacity that would be one day. I decided that this. This letter that Paul was writing, the beginning of this letter, for me to live my life and lead my life worthy of the calling that God's placed on my life was going to be my goal. That was going to be my mission. Because if I can't live a life worthy of the calling God placed on me, then I'm in trouble. And we forget as Christians that God has placed a call on each one of us. That every one of us have been given gifts. We've been given gifts according to, to what he would have for us. We've all been given the commission. We've been given this drive as disciples for him to go and to, to love people, to love him, to love other people, to bring disciples to the house and for them to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's called each one of us. And so my drive has been for a very long time that, that I would live a life worthy of that call, but that I could communicate in some way, shape, or form for other people to live their life worthy of the calling that God's placed on them. And in this, in this drive, in this plea that Paul's given, he says, I urge you or I beseech you, and one translation says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling which God's placed on your life. And he goes on and he says, with all lowliness and gentleness. Now, just like we have gentle people, a gentle-spirited person, we also have those that are not so gentle, right? <laughs> Maybe you're one of those, I don't know. But we have those people that are not so gentle, that are, are kind of abrupt, they're kind of in your face. They're going to tell you exactly what they're thinking, how they're thinking, it with no filter. Do you know somebody like that? Hope it's not the person sitting beside you. But there's people that are not so gentle. And so Paul says that you've been given a gift. You've been given a calling. 
You've been given a purpose. And he's, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, lead your life worthy of that calling, but make sure when you do, make sure that there's no arrogance, make sure there's no harshness in the way that you're leading that life. He said, do it in all lowliness and gentleness. Therefore, it is a command from God. Paul talks again to um, the church when he's talking to the Colossians in chapter 3. Verses 12 and 13, he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a, has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. The word meekness there could be swapped out as gentleness. They're the same word in the original language. He says, so as the elect of God, as Christians, as people that have been chosen by God, as people that have been called, we've come into a relationship with him. As the elect of God, he says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Well, that tells me that Paul's talking to a group of people that are not already gentle-spirited, right? If they got to put it on, it means they ain't already got it. But he doesn't make it out of reach for them. He doesn't make it, he, he doesn't present this thought, well, God's going to forgive you for your lack of gentleness. No, he said, put on, put it on, put on mercy and kindness, humility and meekness, long-suffering. So that tells me whether I'm a gentle-spirited person or I'm a person that it don't always come easy. It's not just a character trait that some were blessed with and some weren't. Paul said, put it on. Allow yourself to be clothed in the gentleness. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be hidden. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For years and years and years, we've talked about that passage, and we've pulled that passage of Scripture out, and we've used it to discuss the uh, modesty of the female disciple, the female attire. But the whole heart of that letter, the whole heart of this, is rather than being focused whatsoever on what's on the outside, he says, no, the person that should be seen, the per person that you should focus on, is the person on the inside. He said, and that person should have a gentle and quiet spirit. Incorruptible beauty, he says. So gentleness is not just a personal character trait, but rather it's a commanded act of a Christian. When we accepted Christ into our lives, we were then commanded to be gentle. We were given this drive all of a sudden. We were given this, this order, this, this thought that as a Christian, we're supposed to be different. As a Christian, there's things in our lives that have to be different. Are we human? Absolutely. But more times than not, gentleness should be what shines through our life. Secondly, Jesus himself possessed gentleness. Paul describes Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 1, he says, Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you 
by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. He says, I'm here to have this conversation. I'm writing this letter to you, and I can do so by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. So Paul describes Jesus as gentle. Jesus describes himself as gentle in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. Jesus was gentle. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 5, he again says, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus never placed himself above anybody else. Could you imagine what the ministry of Jesus would have been like? Because you got somebody like Peter who's a hothead. Right? You know somebody. If not, I could grab you a mirror. But could you just kind of imagine what it would be like to walk side by side beside Jesus throughout this ministry and you encounter all these people all the time pushing and shoving and, and all these people dragging and begging Jesus for this and that and the other. And they're all the time wanting something from him. They're all the time needing something from him. And then you got Peter. I would think that Peter probably was kind of like the guy that, that walked in front of Jesus. Or maybe he was the one that kind of walked behind so he could just reach around, grab somebody and snatch them out of the way. I don't know. I just kind of picture this differently in my mind. But Peter was the hothead. We can look at Jesus even up to the night that he was arrested. And the, the guards come and they, they approach the, the men that, as Jesus was praying. And Peter, the hothead that he is, pulls out his sword, cuts off the soldier's ear. And Jesus, I can just kind of picture him like, if you're a gentle person, you just kind of like, you know, he just shook his head. Like, really? And he had to pick it up and put it back on. Jesus wasn't. The hothead. That's important to see. Because for us to want to be Christians, for us to proclaim and profess to be Christians, it means that we're to be Christ-like. So this is not only a commanded act of a Christian, but it should be who we are as Christians. When we look at Jesus' life and we see that he was gentle, we should be Gentle. Thirdly, people are won to Christ through gentleness. First Peter three fifteen says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. But it doesn't stop there. He says, with meekness and fear. I've known a lot of ministers and a lot of movements through the years that preached a lot of awesome sermons. And there was a lot of hellfire and brimstone sermons. There was a lot of salvations. There was tremendous movement, tremendous harvest. 
But I can't help but wonder if, if there had been more that would have approached the gospel with gentleness, if it would have changed things a little bit. The writer says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's in you. As Christians, we have a hope that is within us. There should be something more within us than is within somebody that's living of the world. I hope that, that you and I maybe are getting asked, what is it? What's, why do you have a smile on your face? What, what gives you the hope when life just feels like it's falling apart? How can you keep going? And we have two options. I guess we have more than two. One is we just turn away and say, I don't know. Or we can take the opportunity, find a platform, and all of a sudden start preaching to somebody. Or we could say, well, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Peter says to find this with meekness and fear. God speaks in gentleness. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah was looking for a word from the Lord. And in verse 11, it says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. He says, After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after an earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Verse 13 says, So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah received the word that he needed from God, not through the violent rushing wind, not through the earthquake, not through the fire, but through a gentle voice. How often when we're looking for something from the Lord, do we just kind of sit still and be quiet and listen for the gentle voice? More times than not, we're looking for a sign. We're looking for something to, to be exciting. We're looking for something that's just wow. And God wants to give it to us in this still, small voice. Lastly, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul gives one final charge. He says, let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord's at hand. Would you stand with me? People are waiting on you and I. People are hurting. And it's so easy, if we're not careful, to get lost in the emotion of a moment and be the Peter. It's so easy to respond in a way that, you know, you've had, I don't know, maybe you haven't. One of my kids will be asking me something, and they're asking, and they're asking, and they're asking. And maybe I didn't hear them the first four or five times. I just knew there was some kind of something being said. And 
And then when I finally do hear them, I'm like, what? Maybe you've never done that. I don't, maybe it's just me. But what happens when we respond to the person that's seeking out hope? The person that's lost. The person that's been watching us that they've seen something different in us and they finally have the courage, the boldness to ask. And our response is not in gentleness. What have we just costed the kingdom, that person, and us. God's called us to gentleness. Whether you're a gentle-spirited person or whether you're a hot-headed person, Paul said to put it on. Be aware of the circumstance. Be aware of the situation. Be aware of where you are. And put on gentleness. Let's pray together. Father, I love you, Lord. And I thank you that you were gentle with me. Lord, when I had failed and I had fallen, Lord, before I came to know you, when I turned you away, Lord, I'm thankful that you were gentle. Lord, and that you had love and compassion, God, but in just a still small voice, you kept knocking at my heart. God, I pray that you would show us, convict us, Teach us, Lord, how to walk in the gentleness of your spirit. For we understand that you made us all different. Some of us are much quieter than others. Lord, but the gentleness that we're talking about this morning, as we let our love for you shine, is not a gentleness that was instilled in us at birth, God, but it's a gentleness that was that we're called to under the new birth as we were your chosen children God you called us to a new gentleness Lord and I pray that you would help us God to find every situation every circumstance Lord in a way that we would be able to be gentle Lord, we would respond the way that we could see Jesus responding the way that we could see Paul who went through this drastic conversion this this wild man going around killing Christians to this man who now has been writing letters to these churches encouraging them to be gentle talking and, and witnessing of his gentleness toward them God if Paul can make the conversion if he can change and he can put aside his his hot-headedness and he can put on gentleness God so can I God I pray that you charge us to do that Lord we take the challenge this morning we accept the mission to be gentle through every circumstance through every situation Lord we appreciate and we're so thankful for the grace Lord for when we fall short for when we fail God, but I pray that you would give us a gentle spirit 
Jesus' name.